It's time to embrace offline marketing in your e-commerce business. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. And if you're not familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email, SEO, Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making that marketing method work for you and your e-commerce business. Last month, we tackled where to focus your marketing activity now that cookies are dying like flies. To expand on that, this month we're going offline. Yes, we are all about offline marketing. I am on a mission to encourage you to spend some of your marketing budget offline. I am a huge fan of offline marketing, especially direct mail, because usually it produces a greater response than online marketing, and the targeting and optimization possibilities are all there, just not quite as fast to change as online. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I thought I'd ease you in gently with an amazing service for sending one-off personalized postal mailings to customers. There are many businesses offering this type of service with printed materials, but Inkpact have taken it to a whole other level. So that's why we're chatting with Charlotte today. We're just about to meet her, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with offline marketing expert, Charlotte Pierce. Charlotte is on a mission to help brands be more human. She's a Forbes 30 under 30 and founder of Inkpact, where her and her team help brands like Gymshark, John Lewis and Tiffany to increase sales in the most offline, scalable, personalized way possible. Hello, Charlotte. Hi, Chloe. Brilliant to have you here. Um, The audience already know I'm really excited to be talking offline marketing and direct mail. So how did you end up in the super exciting world of offline marketing? I love this question because I'm sure with a lot of answers, it's completely by accident. Um, So I actually have a background in social enterprise and social impact. Um, And it was actually when I was working for a global social enterprise that I ran and we had lots of businesses from eco-friendly toilets to um, sanitary towels, uh, a completely different business. Um, We're working with 30,000 people across the world. And I went to a family friend's kind of marketing day and they were saying how they were struggling to contact busy CEOs uh, because emails weren't really working for them. Online advertising was really crowded, but they loved sending handwritten notes, but no one wanted to write them. And I remember just putting my hand up in the room being like, well, I've got 30,000 people at my social enterprise. I'm pretty sure some of them have some good handwriting. Why don't I get them to write some handwritten notes for you? Um, And I had no idea what I'd started just by kind of (laughs) linking those two groups together. But we did the first campaign um, with my cousin, a couple of students, um, because hilariously, I've got very bad uh, handwriting. And um, I kind of managed it all. And we wrote 100 handwritten notes for, um, it was a coaching company called Action Coach. And uh, they just got incredible results. There's like 33 out of 100 people got back to the to the message, whereas 33% wouldn't have even opened the email. So it was one of those, oh my gosh, this works <laughs> moment. How do we scale it? So it was literally just putting a hand up in a room and going, you know, I've got this group of people. You clearly know this offline 
offline marketing works for you, but you don't know how to deliver it. I accidentally kind of linked two people together and came up with a solution. But I've always been a massive fan of stationery and just the physical. I've always got a fountain pen and notebooks. And I just I just love touching, you know, touching physical things. And that I actually ended up creating a business around that. But that wasn't the key driver. It was just solving a problem for someone who had one. Oh, but so many, so many good ideas and good businesses have come from being in the right place at the right time and knowing yeah. how to solve someone else's problem in just a, a crazy, innovative way, which in retrospect just makes so much obvious sense. <laughs> um, we're going to get into, because for those of you who are going, oh my God, handwritten notes at scale, we're going to get into that shortly. But first off, we're going to gonna do our best, uh, me and Charlotte, to convince you all that you need to be adding direct mail, any kind of direct mail into your into your marketing plans. You mentioned there, Charlotte, about how you know you love tactile things and the physicality of notebooks and mailings and all the rest of it. And that is, it's one of the really, it's one of the fundamental things that makes sending something through the post more powerful than sending something through email because someone has to physically interact with it, don't they? Yeah, completely. I mean, you only have to look at the trends in the market in general for like consumer products, like knitting is on its highest ever um, trajectory. I mean, like vinyl records, like things that you think, oh, digital have have moved so far forward. Actually, these physical things we're really craving. I mean, digital detoxes, people are doing mindfulness, coloring, all these things that human beings are wired to do is not necessarily you know, these digital things on a screen, in fact, we want the opposite. So when we can touch something and we can have something in our hands, it kind of lights us up in a completely different way. And also it just is something that we don't see very often. So not only does it kind of look at our core human needs, it's just we don't see much of it. So we pay more attention when we get it. So one of the reasons why direct mail works in general is because you don't get that much coming through your letterbox, but in your emails, you're like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get hundreds and hundreds every day. Um, and now, you know, with Google and stuff, it's really easy. It just filters it out for you and you don't even get a chance to filter it. Whereas at least with the things coming through your post box, you see them, you filter them yourself, you touch them, you, you know, so if you can do that and make it impressive, you've ticked so many boxes already and you've just made it easier for yourself to get noticed. So one, because we're humans, we love it, but two, you've made it easier easier for yourself to stand out and to be noticed because not that many people are playing there at the moment. And it's that touch thing. I think it it's, there's a, some fascinating research in the Royal Mail, which I will f- try and find everyone and put in the show notes as a link for you all. But they they do a regular survey where they survey people in the UK about how they interact with their the direct mail they get. Mm. And there's kind of two fundamental things I've taken from their report. One is that you have to physically interact with a piece of direct mail in order to bin it. Mm-hmm. You have to pick it up and carry it to the recycling bin. So you've already, you're kind of forced to open it. You're forced to read it because you've got something to do as you walk from the front door to the yeah. bin. So it's going to get get more impact. And the other thing is the amount of time that a piece of direct mail lives in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I'm guilty from the things that come through the post that I get pull out of other people's parcels. They all go into a pile and they get dealt with at the weekend. And if I like it, it might lurk around for a couple of months. You know, yeah. over over Christmas, I cleared out my pile and I had vouchers there that expired last February. Yeah. It's like, wow, it re- they really do lurk around. So obviously you're doing, you know, the personalized side. Is it possible to do not just blast campaigns like the action coach one you mentioned mm. where you know it was we're going to send it to these 100 people 
all in one go. Is it possible to also do it as part of an abandoned cart sequence or part of a welcome campaign? So they're kind of programmatically triggered, I suppose. Is that possible? Yeah. And I think that is the future, to be honest. So um, I think there's been so many developments in CRM and triggers in the past, or particularly the past two years, because everything has kind of gone online. So I think there's been so many advancements in CRM and CRM triggers and segmentation and all that kind of stuff. And actually, People have become very good at doing that digitally, but there's a huge opportunity to do that offline. So as we've just talked about, it gets read, it gets opened, it keeps in the house. Now, imagine if you could take the principles of digital and apply them to physical in terms of personalization, in terms of being like it being segmented for exactly what you want. You've then got the exact same kind of personalization and kind of awareness of the customer that you have on digital, but you're delivering it in a way that stays around the house longer. And that's an absolute win-win. So there's lots of ways. In fact, you know, we use lots of really cool integrations like a Zapier integration or a Salesforce integration, or depends on how big the business is and what CRM system they use. But there's lots of ways to get printed or, you know, our handwritten mail triggered. And actually, I think that is the future because customers don't expect it and they don't expect it as personalized as you can make it. So if you can make it personalized and unexpected and through the post, you're ticking so many boxes. Actually, from a marketing point of view, it just is a win for a lot of brands. I really hope that bit, you explained it so well. So I hope that's got a lot of people going, oh my God, we could have our welcome sequence or we could send them a personalized card to say thank you for the order after it's arrived to get a review or we can do all these things. You know, the bit that's that's working worst in your marketing mix, Mm -hmm. deploy some direct mail on it and just see those response rates rise. Yeah. one of the things I also wanted to get into was, was the cost of getting started with this, because I think often people don't do direct mail for kind of three reasons. One, it doesn't occur to them. Well, we're fixing that today. Um, second, because it's going to occur to you after this, everyone, I promise you, um, or or I'm a failure as a podcast host. Uh, secondly, it, they think it's going to cost them huge amounts of money to get started. And then thirdly, um, they're not aware that you can do all this clever personalization and integration and build it into what you're already doing. So presumably if we we're doing it in these triggered ways, it's not like back when I started off in direct mail, you needed to be sending 20,000 units for it to be cost effective. And that was going to cost you a huge sum of money in terms of print and all the rest of it. The triggering aspect and the way businesses now seem to be set up to do this, especially with the kind of the postcard, the smaller format stuff, makes means it's not it's not tens of thousands to get going. You can start much smaller businesses can now access this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you just look at, you know, the the stationary things you get for yourself, like um, I'm going to plug Moo here, not that I specifically have any affiliations in, but you can get so many personalized business cards. And I saw recently they do it if you're, you know, an artist or a photographer, each business card can have a different photo on it so that you've got this range. Like the level of personalization of print is already out there in different capacities. We just need to make the link and go, oh, actually, if I can do that for my business cards for me, of course I can do it on my postcards and send, you know, maybe one with, um, you know, female fashion on it, another one with male fashion, just as much as you can do with first names and last names. So the technology and things have been there for so long. It's just, we haven't necessarily made the link. And like you said, it was quite expensive before, but it's not as expensive now. And I think a huge thing to think about is you've got a lot of the things set up in your CRM data anyway, because you send it to email. So if you've got the first name, last name, the last thing they purchased, et cetera, um, we use really clever campaigns with brands where we pull different 
attributes like we work with Deliveroo and we pull the last the first restaurant they ever purchased from and it's like oh five years ago Chloe you ordered um, a margarita from Pizza Express down the road and people are like wow it's just using data just like you do in emails but actually when you send it physically it even has more of an effect like oh my gosh they remember my first pizza so I think we already have that data because a lot of the times delivery will send that to you in an email form but actually when it's physical it just has more of an impact so it's not necessarily creating new triggers or creating new things um it's just using those and then actually the print market has moved on so much that it's not as expensive to do that anymore and you can see that when you buy your own stationery and things like that too yeah, I, I remember like when I was sending catalogue mailings back in the early 2000s, we were really impressed that we had a personalised cover where a few sections of the cover had a different code on them, yeah. depending on who the person was. And it was like in black. That was that was our entire personalization option. I tell you what I loved at Christmas this year. So we've got a little boy who's six months old and I bought him one of those books for his grandma where it's like written like it's written from him. And you fill in a couple of attributes like his name and her name and it creates this amazing personalized story. And I really was thinking, oh my gosh, how businesses should use this, like personalized catalogs and personalized things. And um, there's a lot of work that we do with brands that we can include things like that. But I mean, in, in other parts of life, we do it quite often often nowadays with personalization but we don't always do it in business and actually we're missing a trick I mean the best one I can think about is when Coke put names on cans and then Nutella did it and Marmite did it people went crazy paying like 10 times the normal amount for a can of Coke because it had their name on it like imagine in a business context what you can do if you take those principles and do it to your customers I mean it's pretty amazing and, and physical and things like that so um yeah I think there's a whole remit now moving forwards in which business can really explore this and have some fun with it and get really good results. Yeah. And um, we've obviously been talking a little, talking mainly about kind of the the digital print personalization of things. But of course, you know, the reason I've got, there were a whole load of people I could have invited on to talk about this, but Charlotte, how to have you on? Because at Inkpat, you're like taking the personalization, the emotional connection element to like, boom, a massively <laughs> high level. Um, so please, can you, you know, we have to explain to the audience how Inkpack do everything we've already talked about, but at another level. So can you explain a little bit about the Inkpack difference? Please? Yeah, of course. So yeah, as, as we've mentioned, you know, personal and physical really does stand out and make a difference. But as everyone knows in their life at some point, they've received a handwritten note. It might have been a love letter. It might have been a birthday card, whatever it is. And it just has this extra level of sentiment, personalization and just specialness about it. And whereas something might stay in your house for two months, sometimes our handwritten notes stay for two, three years <laughs> because the people keep it out. They keep it they put it in boxes so there's this massive kind of sentiment towards something so personal and also crafted like it's actually been crafted and written by a person but as you can imagine doing that at scale was quite difficult so six years ago um i started ink pact um we had a number of different students and, and writers that started writing the first you know, a couple of hundred cards and now we can write hundreds of thousands every month um, but basically the key ingredient to our whole business is what's called our scribe tribe so we have over a thousand scribes in the UK and in the US um, but we send um, anywhere in the world and they physically handwrite notes on behalf of brands so it's triggered just like your CRM system is triggered for emails or SMS or any other printed direct mail so it might be like after first purchase so let's say you brought um 
pair of shoes, Chloe. Um, and it would say, you know, thank you for purchasing these shoes. We also think you might like this bag or it might just be, hey, Chloe, thanks for buying these shoes. Um, we really value you. This is a bit more about our business. Welcome to our community. Um, and that's genuinely handwritten by one of our thousand scribes. They then take a photo of it and upload it to our platform just for quality assurance to make sure what they've written is what the client wanted to be written. No mistakes, spelling, things like that. If they get a big green tick on a platform, they physically put it in an envelope, write the address, put a stamp and put it in the post. But because we have a thousand of them across the world, we can now send hundreds of thousands for brands. Like you mentioned earlier, um, Jim Sharp, Tiffany, John Lewis, Brewdog, Sweaty Betty, lots and lots of different um, global retailers. So we've suddenly been able to make, thanks to the power of the community and the power of technology actually linking all those up, um, handwritten notes as easy to send as emails, but with much better uh, response rates, much better results and much more personal as well. It's just such a cool use of what's now possible in the world, what yeah. you put together. It's, it's like, yeah, that's so obviously possible. But it just took, took someone with your unique kind of skill set to bring it all together and, you know, unique experience. Out of all the, you know, I'm not asking you to, you know, to share in detail what Gymshark are doing with you or anything like that. But, you know, what are the kind of, for someone who's looking to get involved in this, what are the key campaigns you see or types of campaigns you see working best um, for your customers? Yeah, the one by far that I love to get particularly e-commerce brands started with is first to second purchase or an equivalent in, in their industry. So some subscription brands is first to second box or it might be second to third box, depending on where they normally see a drop off. But for a lot of brands, it's that getting them from first to second purchase is getting them to be a repeat customer. So one of our favorite kind of campaigns, mainly because it was one of our first and we've been running it for five years now, um, wow. is All of Our Brown um that are now owned by Chanel. Um, they have been doing what they call their nursery programs, so a first to second uh, purchase with a handwritten note for a long time. And the reason why they've been doing it a long time is it just worked. So we increased their basket size by 30% when they got a handwritten note compared to an email. And then they were 58% more likely to go on to that second purchase when they had that handwritten note after the first purchase. And the best thing about their campaign was there was no call to action. So um, it literally just said, thank you for your purchase. Thanks joining the community you know please follow us on socials we'd love to see you and in, in your clothes tag us and then they just tracked what happened in their crm system um, so they tracked whether they went to second purchase they tracked how much they spent and so it just worked so they never turned us off <laughs> we still work with them now so yeah that's probably yeah so we're literally talking there's no buy there's no here's our latest stock there's no discount code to yeah. get a purchase. It's just the emotional impact of showing you care has led to greater spending more and more likely to buy. Exactly. And it came outside the box. So the box was one touch point. Obviously, they got their product, but we on purpose send outside that box to go actually. Mm -hmm. and, and it's quite well timed. So we on our what we call kind of client partnerships. So when we have a client partnership, we set up triggers. It comes about three. We can set it up between three and four days after purchase if they wanted it that quickly or it can be longer. But we time it really nicely so that they've got their purchase. They've maybe opened it, tried it on, engaged with it. And then you're like, thank you for it a couple of days later and it's the timing with the personalized message with the fact it came to the post just means we get results like that with nearly every e-commerce brand that we work with when is that that big difference between putting the personalized note in the box so it just then then it kind of it's great but it can get lost yeah. amongst the excitement of the product exactly with a, a total wow moment a surprise oh my god where did this come from yeah 
and we try and strip it back as well. So we we try and push our clients to not put any branding on the envelope, very little branding on the note card. We say from a friend to a friend. So it's it's just and you're focusing on the handwriting, you're focusing on the message and just taking it back to those kind of core human needs. You want to make your customers feel appreciated and valued. They literally spend their money with you. And that's what we think drives purchase behavior. Yes, it's that it's handwritten and it's through the post. We get 99, 100% open rates every time because you don't rip up a handwritten letter before you read it. You at least read it. Um, so one, that's why it works. But two, once it's in their hand, then the emotional feeling you evoke is what then gets them to purchase and, and act. So the two things together are why we believe we get such good, yeah, good results. Awesome. Thank you for for all of that, Charlotte. Um, I my brain is now ticking over with ideas. I suspect the audiences are as well. Um, I've got one more quick question for you before we head into the insider tips round, um, which is obviously now here on on everything I'm up to. We're we're as interested in helping our audience grow their businesses and become more successful as we are in helping them head down the path to net zero and sustainability and all that good stuff. And I think a lot of people go paper post that can't be as sustainable as email i can't that that has to be a red flag in this world but it doesn't does it it's it's quite a sustainable marketing method yeah exactly i mean you only have to look at the way that all of the parcel and e-commerce companies are now making sure everything is paper and not plastic like paper is the most sustainable physical way you can send things and we've been really clear from the beginning that we always use recycled and recyclable paper um, and we make a big effort to do that we also have seeded paper which is a little bit more expensive but for brands that really want to kind of have fun with it as well you can throw it out of your window and it grows a plant so you can literally have the message read it and then it can turn into a plant in your garden there's some really cool stuff that we can do in terms of the paper itself but yes I think it's really important if you're doing any direct mail of any kind really do ask the question you know is it made from recycled paper and is it recyclable because you can't actually tell now if you look at our note cards before you think of recycled paper you had to think of craft but now recycled paper can be in any color and it is recycled so definitely ask the questions if you're getting any direct mail done because customers really do care about what they're getting in the post and then we actually have a range of eco-friendly gifts so along with some of our note cards and some of our brands that we work with Facebook and and some other brands on sending gifts to their customers and um, corporate gifts can sometimes be a bit plasticky and horrible (laughs) Um, so we made this range of eco-friendly beautiful sustainably sourced gifts for everything from locally made candles to beautiful chocolate bars and it has no plastic in anything so I think there's definitely ways in which you can send direct mail send gifts send things through the post but be really conscious about where it comes from so for us it's all no plastic and it's all done by local suppliers as well so they're kind of our two biggest sustainability elements nice I love that and something which which all of us can do you mm-hmm. know just simply ask is this paper recycled is it from a sustainable source is yep. the logo branded thing we're sending out the gift a good one or one that's lagged in plastic yes and also one that they would use I mean a lot of corporate gifts <laughs> in the past are kind of stuff that they put in those swag bag things and and you leave places and it just creates a lot of waste really be mindful about the direct mail and the gifts you're sending and the multiple uses that that gift or even that piece of paper could have um yeah yeah you are Totally spot on with that, Charlotte. I, I'm resisting the urge to go off on one of Chloe's waffles about the fact she wants to send gifts out to her podcast guests, but I don't want to send them stuff they won't use. So what do you do? Do you ask them? Anyway, 
We're not going to do that waffle because that's my problem. It's not the audience's problem. It's definitely not your problem. Um, We are now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of offline marketing. Getting an online business off the ground isn't easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V iyo.com slash masterplan. Okay, Charlotte, so far we've gone deep, 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 deep into personalized direct mail. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of offline marketing. So for the following questions, your answers can be anything to do with offline marketing, or to be honest, any marketing, um, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. So Charlotte, you ready for these? I am ready. I'm slightly nervous. (laughs) <laughs> Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. This this should be the really easy bit. Um, let's start with offline marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think ask ask yourself the question, what would you want to receive or get? I think we've talked a lot around making things personal and physical and through the post, but you get that all the time as a consumer from brands that you interact with. So I love to kind of look at your own world first and go oh I love that thing from this brand or that thing from this brand and when then you're creating your campaign start with what you loved and think about your audience so I love getting things through the post that are on slightly thicker paper and I know it's recycled and I know it's super personalized to me think about that for yourself and go actually what could I send my customers that I know I've appreciated and thought of in the past I love that tip. And whenever I, over, over, over the last 20 years, I've been into many, many retailers' offices. And you can always tell the person who deals with direct mail because there's just a stack of other people's yeah. mailings that they love sitting around the desk somewhere. So, yeah, to- totally spot on advice there. Um, now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So, what's your favorite way to improve offline marketing performance? Yeah. So my biggest kind of geek topic is definitely psychology and language. So I've actually probably mentioned like the word human a million times in this podcast, because it's just something I find fascinating in business and in life is that human connection and what makes us tick and how we drive connection with others. So I think keep optimizing would be really thinking about the language that you put on that offline marketing. You can actually be more personal. You can be Um, more colloquial you can be um, more fun in a way with offline marketing so just remember from a friend to a friend you're a human to a human and with a lot of brands I really push them to drop that corporate particularly offline I think the corporate's been dropping in the world at the moment anyway people are talking to people like humans but direct mail and offline gives you this chance to do it even more it kind of gives you this space to play in so I think if you're going to optimize anything it's optimize your language in direct mail you know, use emotion, your emotion, the emotion of the world. And I think that's really important, particularly at the moment in the in the market. I don't know about you, Charlotte, but I'm seeing in the market at the moment that we are shifting very much away from the power of the algorithm to the power of the copy and yeah. the creative. And I think 
you know, the advice about let's get the language right is absolutely fully in that space. I think, think we're going to see a lot of job ads for copywriters in the coming year. Yeah, I think they just need to strip it back a little bit, actually. You know, with everything that's kind of available to you, I think sometimes copy gets very complicated. Actually stripping it back and going from a friend to a friend is the most best advice I could probably give anyone writing copy um, ever. I like it. From a friend to a friend. Um, now, if someone listening wants to learn more about what we've been talking about, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend? Oh, this is an interesting one because like handwritten or even just physical in particular, I think it works because it's physical, but it's not massively different in terms of some of the um, the learnings you can have from online. You can then take them offline. So I don't have a specific thing, but there's a book that I read when I was younger that has really influenced everything I've done called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it's really a book around connecting with people. And I think if I'm going to give any advice on anything, it's if you're going to send DM, you need to send DM really well. And if you're going to send DM really well, you need to be able to connect with that customer. And so we come back to that copy that we've just spoken about. But actually, the best thing you can do is actually getting something printed and sent is quite easy. There's, there's, you find someone to do that. The harder part is why are you sending it? What are you saying? And what do you want them to do? Um, and that's not too dissimilar from digital, but you can be even more emotional. So if you read a book like uh, yeah, how to friends and influence people, anything on neuro-linguistic programming or just getting under the skin of your customers and working out what do they really want from you. We've done some great campaigns where we just we tell customers because they're a customer, we've been able to do X in the environment or X in the world or employ X people. They care more about that than just buying products from you. So really get under the skin of your customers. So any course you can do or any book you can do to understand your customers and convey that to them, I think is is really important. I did a I did a talk for um, Ogilvy. They had a conference called Nudge Doc, um, and it was all around behavioral science and behavioral change. I think things like that that you can do, and there's lots of talks online on YouTube. That one's on there, and many more from Ogilvy. I think that behavioral science is really important to get your teeth into. Excellent. We'll make sure there's links to, to all those bits and bobs you've mentioned in the show notes. And finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in offline marketing? Yeah, I think oh, I love this because I was literally talking to my board about this uh, just before Christmas and we had a brainstorm about the future of direct mail. We've touched on it a little bit earlier, actually, which is in the B2C world, there's been lots and lots of personalization in the books, in the things you could buy for Christmas. I mean, I go not on the high street and you can put names on everything. And we love that. It's not translated over into the B2B world and to their customers. So I think that is a huge potential in the future is taking the concepts like the name on the Coke can and the name on the Marmite and really getting personalized with our customers. I mean, I don't know about you, Chloe, but I probably get the exact same catalog as you still now, even nowadays. <laughs> why do I still get the same white company catalog? You know, why am I still getting the same one? Whereas my purchasing behavior will be very different from yours. So, I think there's a huge space to play in being personal with direct mail. I think it's come back. It is taking a, you know, to look at the stats, it's coming back, but no one's really brought it back powerfully and personally. So I think the next 12 to 18 months playing in the direct mail space is really fun because it's kind of come back, but not in its new way. And there's lots of ways in which people can get fun and creative and gamify direct mail, which hasn't happened yet, but it will. 
Yeah, we're going to be seeing a lot more direct mail, I think, and a lot of brands. We, we started to see in Q4 quite a lot of the big D2C brands who've been very Facebook heavy starting to try out this crazy new world of offline marketing. Did you, did you read about Lush? So Lush um, have decided to completely get rid of Facebook and instead now do a physical sent through the post brochure only as their kind of marketing tool. So they literally have said, we will not spend any more money with Facebook. We do not agree with them as a company. And instead they're sending this beautiful, very sustainable brochure. And actually I think that's the way people are going to go. People, you know, don't like spending their money with Facebook, et cetera, anymore. Um, so there we're looking for alternatives to get playful and send through the post. Charlotte, thank you so much. So much great advice there. Um, I can't think, but we must have inspired many of the audience to go and give this a go because they really, really should. Guys, you really, really should be giving this a go. Have a big or small your business. Um, but we are very nearly at the end of the show. So um, Charlotte, can you let the listeners know, those who want to come and try it out with you guys, how they can, uh, can find you and your business online and get started? Yeah, so we're on all social channels, which is just at Inkpact. So that's I-N-K-P-A-C-T. Um, Inkpact.com, you'll see lots more kind of case studies and brands and just results of the types of businesses that we work with. And, you know, if you are an e-commerce business and you want to look at working with us, then we're very happy to do um, like an intro call and explain a bit more about um, what we think would be great for your business, because it will literally be around you and your objectives. So um, feel free to always drop an email at hello at Inkpact.com and one of the team will schedule in that call for you. So yeah, we love we love meeting brands and you know, even if we just give you some advice, we love that too. So yeah, get in touch, love to hear from you. Cool. And we have mentioned some very, very large brands you work with um, and some of our listers are very, very small. So um, I believe you might have a solution for the very, very small businesses as well that you can help them out too. Yeah. So the big businesses, we call them client partners and our team works with them, but we've also built a platform, which is a little bit like MailChimp, but for handwritten notes for smaller businesses. So it's a self-serve platform. You can send a hundred handwritten notes. You could send 200 handwritten notes and we've got demos and things like that on YouTube. So yeah, get in touch, go to the website, get in touch with one of the team um, and we can always give you a little demo of how that works. But yeah, it's, it's self-service. It's a really easy, simple platform and you can do one-off drops of yeah, 50, 100, 1,000, totally up to you. Cool. So, so guys, we're saying whatever your size, get in contact, have a chat and they'll tell you which route to go by and, uh, and what to do. So uh, awesome. Thank you, Charlotte. Uh, I suspect you. you're going to get a flurry of contacts after this one because... <laughs> I would be if I was in charge of an e-commerce brand, large or small. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It's been been a highly enjoyable chatting with you. And I know we've given the audience huge value today. So thank you so much for being here. No, thank you, Chloe. It's been really fun. It's been really fun chatting um, and talking about the future of Durham Mail. And it's great to find someone who loves physical mail as much as I do. So thanks <laughs> for that. <laughs> so key lessons from our chat with Charlotte. Number one. Physical direct mail is super powerful. Number two, physical direct mail is a sustainable form of marketing and it's a lot less expensive than you probably imagine. Top tip or element number three is all of this direct mail stuff can be done. You can think about it in pretty much exactly the same way as email, although of course you do need a postal address, which is why you're probably going to be using it for the first order to second order and beyond rather than earlier in the program, in your kind of communications program. It is hugely 
hugely powerful. It is very simple to do, uh, much more simple than you would initially think. And hopefully with the way we've been talking about it in this episode, you've realized quite how straightforward it is. Um, you can get the links to everything uh, we discussed with Charlotte, including how, if you want to you know, get her business to do those personalized notes for you, how to go about doing that and many, many other things. Plus the full transcript of this episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. There you'll find this episode and all those details. There you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar. Yes, the webinars are back. Each month, uh, we aim to have a webinar at the end where we bring together our various experts from across the month to answer your questions. So if you've got questions that this episode sparked, make sure you've headed to the website and signed up for the webinar so as you can come along and put your questions to Charlotte and the rest of our offline marketing guests. To find all of that, keepoptimizing.com. You'll find a link in the uh, the header to Q&A webinar, and that's the page you can sign up on. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. I hope we have inspired you to try out some offline marketing. We have lots more coming up next week and for the couple of weeks after that on this subject as well. So if this one's blown your mind, just get ready for what's coming up. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I'm trying to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. And it's episodes like this one that are going to help you take a big leap forward this year. Have a brilliant week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.